If the letters of Hashem's name are joined together, you can separate them. If letters and words were erased, a little, if there's still, uh, you can still see the outline from them, so that they're still there, there's still the mark such that a child who is not overly wise or overly foolish would be able to read them. It's permissible to place to pass the quill over it, to improve the writing and to renew it. And it wouldn't be considered that you're now writing it out of order. You have to take care that the top of the lamad shouldn't enter the airspace of the hay or the ches, even if it's not touching the letters. If you're not fluent in the parashas, you have to copy it from another written piece. Lamed. One should not write unless he knows how to read it. Lamed Aleph. If you're not writing it from another uh, piece of writing, copying it, <coughs> he shouldn't uh, do it by heart in such a way that somebody else is reading it to him. <coughs> Unless he repeats after him and also announces the words uh, word by word with his own mouth. <coughs> you need to leave enough space above on the parchment uh, like the top of the lamad. Says the Ramosh, you gamhim mukafim gvil that they too should be surrounded by parchment. Continues the Shochanarchal Matzah Kashir Kaf Venun Pshuta, and below there should be a space of a kaf and a kaf and a nun, uh, the way that they hang down. And at the beginning and end, you don't need to leave any extra space. Says Ramah, however, the scribes have the minute to leave a little at the beginning and at the end. Between each word, you should leave the amount of a letter, and also the amount of a line between each line. And between each letter, the amount of a hair, like in a sevatarach, you also need to leave some blank space between each verse. Lamed Gimel. You should make the lines equal. You don't want that one is longer than the other. And at the least, you need to take care that you don't write three letters beyond the line. But if you did write them beyond the line, it has not made it possible. If you have a two-letter word, you should not write it beyond the line. The letters of Hashem's name need to all be within the page, within the column, and you shouldn't have it outside the column at all. All of the parshas should be open, except for the last parsha that's written in the Torah, that should be closed. In other words, that should reach the end of a line. And if you did it differently, possible it is invalid. Says the Ramah, and there are those that permit all of them, including Bahayim Shemot, to be open, in other words, not all the way to the end of the line at the end of the paragraph. In these countries, uh, and we, our custom is that Bahayim Shemot also begins at the top of the line, as all other parishes. 
Uh, and so those three paragraphs begin at the be, at the top of the line of uh, a and at the end of those paragraphs we leave some blank space enough to write nine letters and at the end of Shema we don't leave any blank space at all and if you left less than the amount it would take to write nine letters and the parsha of Ahayim you start at the middle of the top line, and you leave before it uh, the uh, blank space, the amount you could write nine letters. And it comes out that three of the parshas are open, whether according to the Rambam or the Rosh's opinion, and the last parsha, Yistuma, is closed with the Rambam. Uh, it's closed according to the opinion of the Rambam. The skin, the leather of the casing, the black boxes, needs to be made from a kosher domesticated animal, wild animal, or bird. A filament veil or trefil shalham, even if they weren't shechted properly, and you're allowed to make it even from a an afterbirth uh, from the parchment or the leather. Says the Ramah, and also the straps, you could also make it from the parchment and leather of an afterbirth. Uh, it needs to be processed for the right reasons wherever possible. Uh, so you have to have in mind that you're making when you're processing the, that leather that it's been made for those boxes. You should make four separate containers uh, from one piece of leather for the shell rush, and one container for the shalyad. Lama test. Fill in ben shalash ben shalyad. Whether you were talking about the shalrash or shalyad, fill in halacha mishim sinai shim rabois but tifron or alachsonon. Uh, it's a halacha mishim sinai that they need to be completely square the way they are sewn and uh, in the diagonal it has to be completely equal. Danushi rabuin mechuvan arka garafboy that the but the width and the the length need to be equal. Kadeshi elohem oso alachsonon so they have the same uh, diagonal either way. Shamar chazal for our sages have said kol amsa berubua amsa adrechum shabal alachsonon. Any time you have one by one, uh, you have two-fifths uh, as a diagonal. And you need to square off the place that they sit on and also the houses. But for the height of the houses, you didn't, needn't be concerned if uh, the width and the length are not, um, are not the same as, the, uh, as the, on the top. Continues to boys. If you made it square of Achagizvan and it's Kalkal reborn, and after a while it became a little warped, there are those who say that you need to re square it. Says the All of the four parts of the Shalrash should be made equal. You shouldn't have one larger than the other. Mem. Arhabatim, the leather for the boxes. Mitzvah Sosa Shachar. It's a mitzvah to make a black. Charitz Shabain Bayas, the Bayas Sashia Gia Ad Hatefer. The grooves between each of the compartments of the shellrush need to reach the sewed section. If it didn't reach it, it's as long as the grooves can be discernible, that everybody can see that there are four separate sections. The length and width uh, and the height of the houses, the black boxes, have no amount. Membase, shin shell filling. The shin that's inscribed onto the tefillin shall rush. Uh, it's a tradition we have all the way back to Sinai that it should that the shin should be made onto the leather and should protrude. One from the right, one from the left. The one on the right should have three 
uh, branches. We shall smell him in the actual Abarashim, and on the left it should have four branches. If you did it the other way around, uh, that would not invalidate it. The groove of the shin, so its point below should reach the point of the sewing. And also the yud, the, the extra bits on the shin, need to be able to touch below onto the bottom of the shin. And you shouldn't draw draw out the shin a lot. Also the edges of the shin near should be seen upon the sewn section. The bottom section of the tefillin. Uh, also derived from Moshe Sinai. I mean to say that you should put some leather below to cover the mouth of the uh, boxes. And now it becomes like a platform of a bridge, which is called the titur. The section where the, where the straps pass through also come from Moshe Sinai. I mean to say that the titura, the bottom section, should be longer on one end, and you should make the pass-through uh, in that bottom section. You cut it from two sides, so that its width should not be the same as the width of the bottom um, section. Uh, so that the tutura will be seen as squared off of Oysa Mabarta and that in that section that you pass the strap through, a verisaratsua the strap passes, but Alshame Kach Nikris Mabarta. That's why it's called the pass through. Gambit Fil Shalyad Yasa Tutura Mabarta, also in the Tilan Shalyad, you also need this bottom section and the pass through. You galgal call parsha musevilitlasa, then roll up every parsha from the end to the beginning, we cocklaf katan and uh tie it up in with a small piece of parchment. Veshmak Pitamal Kharkhan and Baklav Kasher, some are careful only to tie it up in kosher parchment and it's to uh, twist over it uh, some hair from a domesticated or wild kosher animal and Alminak is to tie up some hair over the parasha and afterwards we put the parchment over it kosher and once again we then put some more uh, kosher hair and continues the Shukharach, the custom is that this hair should be of a calf. If you can't find for, for, of a calf, then use that of a cow. Or an ox. Make sure to wash the hair well until it is clean. And some of this hair should actually be seen outside of the boxes, of the, the black boxes. Memhe, you think called parasha by Shalah. Each parasha should go into its enclosed uh, house. Shitez kufom umod bevesa, that it should be standing up, uh, straight up in its house. Memvav, yea ha gilion aleha tchila, shizah shura hal yana, vigilion tachdan lzad pehabatim. So the top of it should be facing upwards, and the bottom of it should be facing the opening of the houses. And the beginning of the parasha should be leaning towards the right, of um, the one who's reading. That if you came to open it and to read it, it would be uh, resting before him in the right order. If you wrote all the four parshas on one piece of parchment, it would be kosher. Even if there was no space between them. As long as there is a thread or a string 
um, between each of the houses. Shalyad uh, In the Shalyad, you write the four parshas on one piece of parchment, and then roll it from the end to the beginning, and then twist a piece of parchment over it and the calf uh, hair, and place it into their compartment like the shalrash. If you wrote it on four separate parchments, and you placed it in four separate uh, compartments, you still fulfill your obligation. So cover the cover with a piece of leather over the four sections so that it should look like it's one section. Says and the custom is to glue it together. So that it will be all one piece of parchment. And you have to take care to take kosher glue. If you covered the the boxes with gold or with non-kosher uh, leather, it would be invalid. Uh, it's um, a tradition from Moshe Sinai that the tefillin should be sewn with the sinews of uh, kosher animals. And ideally, one should sew it with the sinews of an ox. No, one shouldn't buy these sinews from a non-Jew. That maybe they come from a non-kosher animal. In a place where you don't have, where you can't find sinews, tofrim. But you can use uh, a string that you, you that you've taken from the actual parchment until you can find sinews. One should make three sews on each side, and the string of the uh, sewing should uh, go around all sides of the tefillin, and he should pass the string of the sewing between each of the houses. Uh, if you only did 10 sows or even less, and if so, it's not invalid. They should be all with one string. Uh, take the strap and place it in the pass-through. And make a knot that looks like a dalad in the shell rush. And one that looks like a yud in the shell yard. Which, together with the shin in the shell rush, that makes God's name of shin dalad yud. And we're accustomed to pass uh, the leather, uh, put leather over the housing of the shelyad. Corresponding to the width of one's arm, and its width should be like the width of the housing. Now, the Mr. Burr explains that nowadays our custom is not to have this extra piece of leather. Uh, continues the Yamavalo Yasak Sharm El Akashasa Shimba Tfilin. One should only make the knots after one has made the shin on the Tfilin, and then afterwards make the Dalud Akakaka Yud, Kaseda Osiyas Hashem, as the order of the letters of Hashem's name. Sim Lamagil chapter 33 The laws of fixing the Tfilin and the laws of the straps of Ahay Sifan. Aleph. In his Kalkal Ur Shel If the leather of two of the compartments of the Shel Rosh uh, became unusable. If the Tfilin are old, it's invalid. If they're new, then it's still kosher. As long as the leather of where the uh, compartments are sitting is still, in, is still functional. Says the Ramav, Gamma Bottom Strichim Lius Kayamim. Also, the compartments need to be functional. El Shinikruk Sas, but we're talking about maybe they tore a little. 
Some say it's the other way around. It's only true if they are old. But new ones would be invalid. It would appear to me that we should be strict and make it invalid in both instances. This is the definition of new. Any time that if you would pull them by the straps, that the housing would stretch and uh, open, it's called new. If it doesn't open, it's called old. And And if two compartments became dysfunctional, but not uh, adjacent to one another, the first and the third would be kosher, even if it's old. If three of them became invalid, uh, unusable, then in all instances it would be invalid. Base. In the next if the sewing section of the tefillin snapped, according to the Rambam, if there were two sews adjacent to one another, or if it were three of the sews, but even not next to one another, that would invalidate it. When we're talking about Bishan with old tefillin, but with new ones called Kayam as long as the leather of where the uh, housing sits on uh, is still functional. It's kosher. This is the definition of new culture. Uh, Any time when you hold a piece of the leather that the uh, sewing uh, had broken, and then you hang the tefillin, but it stays in place, and it doesn't separate. But if you cannot hang, hold it like that, hanging but it would snap. Then they then they're considered old tefillin. That the new ones would be considered invalid, and the old ones would be considered kosher. And once again, Ramah says that one should be concerned for both opinions. The leather of the straps needs to be from a kosher animal or bird. The needs to be processed for the purpose of the And the straps, uh, whether from leather or from uh, parchment, a kosher. It is a tradition from Sinai that the straps should be black on the outside. But on the inside, it can be whatever color you like, except for red. Because some may say that due to a wound, uh, the straps uh, became red. It's proper that a Jew should blacken the straps and uh, for the right reasons and not a non-Jew. Says the So if it did happen that a non-Jew did it, uh, that he blackened the leather of the compartments, the bottom, it would still be kosher, but not the straps. Even if it happened, it would be invalid. Hey, in this tour, if the strap uh, broke, some permit to sew it together from the inside. And some say that when it comes to the amount that you need of the strap, you need to at least have the amount that would surround the entire head. And on the hand, you need to have enough that would surround the arm and all the way down the arm. And plus the extra bit that you need to stretch over the middle finger. And then have the uh, three times around the finger and then to tie it up. If you don't have sufficient strap for to cover those bases, then there's no remedy, not by tying the strap and not by sewing the strap.
But any extra strap that we have that's extra for the mitzvah, like to tw- turn around the hand many times or the hanging strap uh, that hangs from the shell rush, the, to sew on or to tie on extra strap, that wouldn't invalidate it. And in an urgent situation, you could rely on those that permit it in order not to uh, negate the mitzvah tefillin. Simon Lama Dalit. Chapter 34, the order of placing the parashas in the tefillin, and those who beautify the mitzvahs and have two pairs of tefillin, avoid Dalit Sifim. Aleph. The order of placing the parchments in the housing is according to Rashi and Rambam. So when you're placing them in from the left side, you put the Kadesh in the outer house. And afterwards, goes in second. goes in the third. goes in the fourth. Which is the outermost towards the right. He has the Vahaya and the Shema the other way around. And the Minag of the world is to do like Rashi and the Rambam. Base. However, someone who is God-fearing will fulfill both opinions. And will make two pairs of film and put them both on. And he will have in mind as he puts them on that whichever ones are the right ones according to the Lacha, with those I will fulfill my duty. And the others are just like straps. Because the truth is there is enough room to put two pairs of film on the head and also on the arm. And if you don't know how to do it exactly and make sure that, that you've put both in the right place. So put according to Rashi first and then remove them. And then place the second ones relying on the original bracha. And if you can't do it at once at the same time, then you should first put the shalashi uh, over them. And he should be wearing those during davening. After davening, uh, put on a ben tam's tefillin without a bracha. And say the two first, the first and second paragraphs of the shema. Only someone who is uh, has a chazaka is presumed and um, well known to be pious should put on both pairs of tefillin. Don't put both pairs in the same uh, pocket, in the same uh, little sack, because one of them is definitely mundane. And you can't place it in a tefillin zekel. Rather, make two little bags with similar cholkis and make a sign showing which one belongs in which. So you don't mix them up. Similar with Hey, chapter 35, Din, Minyan Hashitin, the laws of the number of lines. The Minag uh, is to put in the Shell Yad seven lines for each Pasha and in the Shell Rush four lines. But if you didn't do that, it's not invalid. Similar with Vabdiktuk Sifasan, the Taking care of how to write it over Sifim. You have to take care, uh, be careful when you're writing the letters, not to change the shape of any of them, and not make it look like any others. 
says and ideally you should write with a bold script as it's explained in the Torah and other authorities who you do and that's known by however if you changed the type of script that doesn't invalidate the every letter needs to be of one complete form therefore you have to take care of that the uh, little piece that is above the aleph that looks like a yud over the kudushat and the little piece below over yud shin and then the yuds of the shin the ayin the tzadi and the back of the tzadi she nogus so they should be touching the main part of the letter and if you have one that's not touching then it would be invalid and also with all other letters that in those cases the hay and the kuf if you would have the extra leg that would touch the roof of the letter that would make it invalid so the letters shin ayin tes nun zayin gimel tzadi need to have crowns on them and the Sofrim also are accustomed to put crowns on other letters. But if you didn't put the crowns on, even on the essential letters, it does not invalidate it. The time to burn Tefillin. Great is the, uh, is the reward of the Mitzvah Tefillin. Anyone who doesn't put on Tefillin is a sinner. The mitzvah is to continue to wear them all day. But we have a problem because we need to have a clean body and not even to pass wind in them, and not to remove one's thoughts from them. And not everyone is able to be so careful. Therefore, the minute became that we don't wear them all day. Uh, at the very least, we have to nevertheless be careful that we are wearing them at the time of Shema and Amida. Gimel. A child who knows how to take care of Tefillin, not to sleep in them, not to pass wind in them, uh, not to enter the restroom wearing them. His father is obligated to buy him Tefillin to educate him. That even though we say it's a child, we're still talking his bar mitzvah already. And this is our mitzvah, and one shouldn't differentiate. Chapter Who is obligated to wear tefillin and who is exempt? Someone who has a stomach uh, problem uh, is exempt from tefillin. Says even if he's not in pain, but any other ill person if he is in pain from his illness, and he's unable to think clearly, Potter is exempt from love. But if not, if he's able to think clearly, Chayiv is obligated. Someone who knows clearly that he won't be able to daven without passing wind. It's better that the time of davening should pass uh, rather than having him daven without a clean body. And if it appears to him that he will be able to hold himself uh, with a clean body at the time of reciting Shema, then he should put on Shema between the bracha of Ava and the Shema and make the bracha as well over the Tefillin. Gimel. Nashim v'avadim turim Tefillin. Women and servants are exempt from Tefillin of Neshu Mitzvah says she has Grama because it's a positive time about Gramma. says that if women want to be strict on themselves and do the Mitzvah Tefillin like other positive time about Gramma, we in fact uh, protest. 
and don't don't allow it. One who's putting on felon needs to be careful not to think about his desire for women. If it's impossible for him to put on felon without thinking uh, improper thoughts, it's better not to wear felon. Hey, Avel Biamrishan, a mourner on the first day, also is forbidden for him to put on felon. After the first day, he is obligated. Philip even if fresh faces came to visit him, which increases the mourning. Vav, we are obligated to wear felon. Buying the common seven tough and hay, and see further. Zayin, chasam b'shishvinov, a groom and those who are accompanying him. Perish rei, v'smechem yomai, his entourage, v'chobnei chupin, v'chobnei chupa paturin, and all of the members of the chupa party are exempt from film. Mishum d'shchia shichlos v'chalas rosh, because we have drunkenness and lightheadedness. Ches, kosvei tefillin mezuzus, those who write tefillin mezuzus, hemim v'tagarim v'tagarim v'tagarim, they and the merchants and the merchants merchants v'cholah eskim melechas shmayim paturim melechas tefillin kol yom. Uh, and all who are occupied in the service of heaven are exempt from putting on tefillin all day. Zulas bekrishma tefillin, except for they just need to put on tefillin just to recite the Shema and for the Amida. Says And if they had to do their work at the time of the recitation of the Shema or tefillin and the Amida, as paturim bekrishma tefillin, then they would be exempt from the Shema and the Amida and from tefillin. Because anybody who occupies themselves in a mitzvah is exempt from another mitzvah. If he would have to uh, make himself uh, exert extra effort for the other mitzvah. But if he could do both of them without the extra exertion, he should do them both. Or somebody who is in pain, or someone whose mind isn't settled, and its proper potter is exempt from film. Because it's forbidden to remove one's mind from them. Somebody who is reading Torah is exempt from putting on tefillin all day, except for the time of the Shema Namida. A person shouldn't take off his tefillin in front of his teacher. Rather, turn a little way because of the awe for the teacher, and take them off not in his presence. If you need a tefillin and a mezuzah, and you can't afford to purchase both, then tefillin take precedence. You'd give a minuta someone who is excommunicated or has saras are forbidden to put on tefillin. Similar test, chapter thirty-nine. Who is kosher to write tefillin and to purchase from them a volume tefillin? Aleph tefillin shiksavan eved aisha katan afilo gilachinuch. Tefillin that were written by a servant or a woman or a minor, even if he was of educational age, a guy, a kuti, a yisrael mumar, or a gentile, or a Samaritan, or a an apostate, a moser. Or someone who is an informer, psalm, they are invalid. Because it's written, Ukshartam, uh, Ukhsavtam. We have this juxtaposition of the two words, and you shall bind them and you shall write them. Therefore, we say anybody who doesn't have the obligation to bind them, or doesn't believe in it, can't do the writing. Anyone that is invalid to write them is also invalid in any way to remedy them. Gimel. A convert who returned to his uh, old ways, his old religion, because he feared for his life, is still kosher to write tefillin. Talit, tefillin shik savan apokuros, a tefillin that were written by a heretic yisavu, they should be burnt. Yishamrim yigonzun, some say they should be buried. Hey, nintsu biyad apokuros, if you found tefillin in the hand of a heretic, and you do a miksavam, and you don't know who wrote it, yigonzu, they should be buried.